right. Well, through our sessions podcast with your host, D-Rock, and the one and only Hans Vanderkill. Hans, how's it going? Oh, it's going pretty well. How are you doing, D-Rock? I'm doing great. It's always a pleasure to talk to you, my friend. Oh, it's always a pleasure as well. I'm enjoying the weather we got going on right now. It's uh, kind of like the first two days of fall here in New York City. Yes, how it feels in Philly. And um, I tell you, from how hot June and July was, um, this is a much, much welcomed relief. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was walking around New York in uh, just workout pants and sandals and pretty much the shirt I wore to bed just because I was like, I, I don't want to sweat and like dirty new clothes <laughs> <You know? laughs> so. no i i know that feeling i'm um i think i'm planning on going for a nice little stroll later on tonight after our after our podcast myself thank you for the inspiration oh yes absolutely i'm in fact i'm doing it right now <laughs> coming at you live from astoria park here in new oh, york city oh it's beautiful that. absolutely beautiful watching the boats it's great so i am uh yeah, I am. I am loving this. Uh, well, I'm loving the platform. Really, I'm loving this. The freedom this platform gives you. So, it's really cool. That's what I say to people. Sometimes I, um, you know, we're always talking about whether it's session wrestling or it kink fetish or whatever about you know being your true self. And sometimes, like it's, it's, it's. I know it can be odd for people when they hear me talk about how much I love podcasting, but it is just such a great way to uh connect and and to really express yourself it's completely freeing and that's that's something i definitely appreciate about it as well it's a little bit different from text communication which is so calculated this is something that's just off the cuff and natural so right and hans as you know i my friend my co-host my partner i love talking to you we have our we've got someone better (laughs) we do (laughs) we have a very very special guest Someone who I have really respected and admired for a long time. And I'll be honest, last week when we were setting this up and I was like, I was like, I'll be honest, I was just happy that she replied to me. I was like, yes, like I felt like yeah. happy there. And then when she said she would come on the show, I was just ready. If I could do a backflip, um, I would have done one. <laughs> but, <laughs> but we have the awesome, the incredible Goddess Severa joining us. Welcome. Hello. Wow, what an introduction. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Absolutely. Well, welcome. Yeah, definitely welcome to the show. And uh, like, Goddess Severa is someone I have never met, although we've like been through New York, you know, at different times together. And it's someone I always meant to meet and just never got around to it. So it's very nice to meet you, Goddess Severa. Nice to meet you. Now, how are you connected to the scene? Oh, so I am, uh, I've been doing um, videos on clips to sale for a while. I started okay. with uh, Do Maidens in New York. Oh, and right. um, yeah, it was definitely something that was an interest of mine uh, at, at first and then sort of became a passion and then became like part of how I live my life, you know, like it, it right. became a lifestyle. So Cool. Is something... Do Maidens still going? Oh yeah, they're they're oh. still they're still going strong. They survived the COVID like uh, most of the people you would hope survived the COVID. So well, the COVID yeah. is still out there. So yes, it's still so out there. Keep going. Yeah. Keep going strong. Yeah. Well, let me let me ask you that, uh, Goddess Severa. How have you been staying? You know, hopefully healthy, but also just keeping your uh, 
your mind active and staying positive during the uh, this quarantine, during the pandemic? Yeah, so I've been basically in quarantine since mid-March. I have a studio space in L.A. where I spent the most time in my studio that I've ever spent. And that was not just during the time of COVID, but then we had all the race riots and just violence and things burning down too. So it was really stressful um, because there were police helicopters and sirens constantly in the neighborhood where I was at. And so there were definitely ups and downs. And whereabouts is your uh, studio? And and, because LA is very big. I've been out there. um, Downtown LA. Downtown LA. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah, sort of like an industrial neighborhood. I've been down to a really nice brewery there, actually. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, and, and a nice shoot space as well. So that's very cool. Uh, cool. Yeah. So, I mean, there's definitely been, I would say like everybody ups and downs where in a, in a way it's been nice. I'm a person that's go, 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 go. And I always like on tour and I live in two different cities and people flying in to see me and I do other stuff in my life too like goddess to bear just one aspect so I'm always like juggling all this stuff and it is my life is hectic have you found that it's become more hectic since COVID struck like now there is like no rules as far as like time of day and and everything it's just like whenever people can get stuff in I've found that personally um well without since I was in LA for that amount of time I wasn't driving back and forth all the yeah. time to San Diego so in that respect it was quiet for me and in some ways claustrophobically so because I didn't even leave my studio itself for a month to go hiking in Griffith Park because they were like well I don't know if it's safe to do that right so so and without people coming to visit me too it was very quiet so things slowed right down for me, but I always have something to do, whether it's shooting content for my website, goddessvera.com. There um, you go. <laughs> smooth, very smooth plug. Ding, ding. <laughs> so, so I'm always, as a dom, you're, you can always be doing more. And I have my member website, which I've had for 20 years, has been updated every single week. So I have to keep on like feeding the machine with content so there's right. no time no time off really no there there really isn't so no so i i wanted to say like once again i'm so grateful that you're on and as someone because i i'm different my story's different than hans and yourself where i'm just someone who's been you know i live in philadelphia and have been participating in session wrestling for the past about eight years and this was first talked about with Jennifer Thomas, me and her are friends. And, mm-hmm. and then Hans kind of gave me that extra push to say, let's, let's do it together. So one thing I noticed um, when you were listening to you do that interview on sessiongirls.com with Jennifer was just, it was inspiring to me how confident you are in yourself and being someone who, you know, you're six foot five, but you really like, enjoy it and you revel in it and you you seem like i'm here and i'm proud and i really inspired me and i was wondering what has kind of helped you to really gain that confidence in yourself well it's definitely been a transformation life is 
very growth oriented, right? And you either stay where you're at or you, you go somewhere. So when I was growing up, I was six feet tall at 13. Wow. So, yeah. I mean, my whole family were like giants, you know, so it's not <laughs> unusual for us, but everybody else since I was young made a big deal of it. And so it wouldn't have been a big deal for me unless it was a big deal for other people. Like you so wouldn't have it, noticed unless other people noticed. Basically, yeah. I mean, what's to notice? Like, people are only made aware of their differences when we alienate them, or like someone is made to feel less than because they're black, for instance, or, you know, if they have a physical handicap. Anything that sets you apart from other people is something where you're like, oh, I'm. I'm not normal. Or I just never, I never noticed that about myself until like someone pointed out, I was like, oh, like I didn't know that was like a weird thing, like at all. Yeah. And then kids are mean and there's a hierarchy in school, right? Oh, absolutely. So that, but that's in a way that, that has been okay for me. I'm, I'm glad, I'm not glad that I suffered when I was young, but I do think that having people, um, antagonize me or or point out that I'm different it teaches you empathy later on for people absolutely so therefore I know what it's like to be the other right and I I can't I can't hide my physical difference so uh, you reach a point where you're like here I am like I am okay right there's nothing I can do about the way you interpret me so I'm going to go about my business and I've happened to notice that people actually like big, tall women. And so it's just a matter of, uh, for me, life experience and just step, stepping into my own power. And that for me helped doing, I played professional basketball, but then also I did jujitsu and it was like all men there. Right. So I test, I I cut my teeth in a shark tank in New York city. So I proved like I'm strong. I belong. And then when you live in New York, actually, yeah. um, There's a lot of chatter on the street in ways that there isn't in other cities. Like you can be walking down the street and this guy's like, how are you feeling slim? And and you're like, (laughs) I feel good. You know, it's like, but so there's a lot of, banter on the street and so and some of it good some of it bad like yeah, some of it's kind of like horrible you're like oh too. you know like, yeah horrible stuff but also stuff that's kind of like oh okay like that person was just like interacting and it wasn't even in a bad way it was just like you're kind of in the in the pulse of life when you're walking through this city and you know it they they say like new york minute but like it it everything really happens so fast here that um you know it's it's hard to keep up, but yeah, I feel like life for me went really quickly in New York. Like you could look back and a decade has gone. And it's also um, interesting to see like, however you're feeling that day, whenever you step out onto the street, whatever you're feeling is going to be reflected back at you. There might be a guy passed out on the street and he's peeing and then someone else cuts you off. And you're just like, no wonder they have those, shirts that say new york fucking city you know what i mean (laughs) it's like oh but it's so wonderful too because also it teaches you about no nobody cares actually in new york new york is so cosmopolitan there's a guy 
you know, on a skateboard with fairy wings and a tutu and you're, you don't even, it's not a big deal. Everybody is just doing their thing. It's like, so what? That's cool. It's New York. Go about your business. You're all kind of like animals in the jungle here in New York. <laughs> like yeah. It's just like, oh, okay. I've, I've never seen, oh, I remember one time I saw the, the, the two things I remember seeing that was just like, yeah, this is why, I, th- this is because I live in New York. I saw one guy w- walking down the street with a top hat with a cat sitting on the top hat, walking down right. the street as if it was just perfectly normal. Yeah, and, right. then, and then a topless woman just walking down the street as if it was like perfectly normal. I was just like, this is New York. This is how it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah like one time this guy anything, was I walking just, like walk by and was just like you know yeah that's a that's a normal day so my day is normal like, now. One, one time this guy started following we not exactly following but walking with me and we just started talking and then we parted ways but then the next day i looked up at this lamp post and there was a message to me up high recounting our conversation and that I should call him. Oh, wow. And it was like wow. taped, it was taped to the light pole. So <laughs> that's, I didn't, that's I didn't something. call him, but I was like, oh, that's so nice. <laughs> Just in case you should happen to chance by, which you did. <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah, that's, that's pretty crazy. So, so. Uh, Goddess Severa, <laughs> you, you mentioned that it was in New York where you practiced uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And I was very interested in wondering uh, what drew you to that martial art of, of all the, you know, it could be judo, boxing, karate, but what drew you to a Brazilian jiu-jitsu? So do you know who Helen Von Mott is? Yes, I, I do. do. Yes. Yeah, okay. So I had been doming and people had kept on asking me um, to do wrestling stuff, but I had no background in wrestling. I rode horses. I played basketball. So I didn't know what to do. Like, what is wrestling looked weird to me, like people on top of each other, like, ah, but I, um, you know, uh, Bill from WB270? Mm-hmm. I do. Okay. So he said I should ask Helen Von Mott what I should do because she's a very accomplished wrestler. And yes. she told me I should try jujitsu. And as it happens, one of the big names in jujitsu was on the next block from me um, in New, New York City. So it was just walking distance of one block. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that that's, was... for, that's fortuitous. It yeah, was... Helen was uh, back in the day, like her Virago Club. Um, she was one of the preeminent, like, kind of like um, people who like start introducing uh, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu into uh, the whole session wrestling industry. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So that's good. Uh, it's a good way to get into, get into it. Yeah. And then uh, I started doing it. And the place where I went was right above uh, a methadone treatment facility. So it was just like New York skanky, you know, riding up the <laughs> elevators with junkies. And, and it was like, so it was an interesting experience. And his academy moved since then and blew up. But um, like I said, I, I cut my teeth there because it was, you were just sort of thrown in the in the pond with no one <laughs> saying, "Okay, do this," and you just—it was a time to just get thrashed, you know. Now, now, when you started, because you, you said you have an athletic background with riding horses, you know, equestrian, and then playing basketball, did you find that it 
it's kind of I know it's no matter what it's going to be a like a trial or tribulation for anyone but did it kind of come natural to you or was it really like a fish out of water uh, like I said I didn't I'm a competitive person and a strong person so of course and I like beating guys so I had that going for me <laughs> but like I said there wasn't that much instruction at the beginning but I remember this one time in class this guy and I were going at it and I grabbed him and I threw him down and the whole class started applauding for me <laughs> and it was just such those little moments of, a cathartic moment there oh just like these rare in-between moments where you realize, hey, maybe someone notices, maybe I'm okay. Yeah. Um, felt like really nice validation. And then, do you guys do jiu-jitsu? I have done it. I'm, I'm looking once uh, the gyms open back up to get back into it. I'm, I started it about two years ago and had to stop for an injury. But I'm looking to honestly, once COVID is kind of, I feel a little more safer with it uh, to join back into it. Yeah, you know, I don't think it's for a while that's going to be safe to train, unfortunately. Because yeah. when you do yeah, jiu-jitsu, people sweat into your mouth. Oh, okay. I know. <laughs> it's, it's, like, it's like as close as you can. Then you can it's just almost as intimate as like exchanging bodily fluids in sex because you're right like you're mushed up on top of each other and sweating on each other one time i this i was doing some move and this um cop i was rolling with started to laugh and he was like i can hear your heartbeat through your ass because i guess i was like sitting on his head a little bit and so it's like very it's just (laughs) The way that jujitsu is, you you want to be very up close and personal. Yeah, there's no other way to do it. So yeah, that's it's unfortunate for jujitsu. Right, right, absolutely. Yeah, right in this area. Yeah, yeah. I've done uh, most of my like experience comes from interacting with people who have done jujitsu, like in the industry, and then I do CrossFit on the side, which I like because of the community aspect for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's um, it's been. Uh, it's been a rough strike against uh, all the gyms, really, with uh, COVID going on. So, yeah, this um, this gym I, I had started up again with in LA was great. There was boxing there, and there were UFC guys there with um, catch wrestling as well. And oh, I cool. hadn't done I hadn't done that before because I'd sort of burned out from jujitsu and took some time off. But then I got excited because there are these. UFC guys there and they were very welcoming to me and they were doing also traditional wrestling and I was totally pumped to do that and then the gym completely closed with my full year's membership in their pocket oh, no. too. Wow. Yeah, so it's disappointing. Like closed for good or like just closed until like further notice sort of thing? For, go- for good. For good. Oh. Yeah. What a shame. That is. That yeah. is. Yeah. So how long did it, I know you you know, spoiler alert, you, you are a black belt. How long did that take you to, to achieve? I I was set back a little. So I, I did um, white through purple in New York City. And then I moved to Southern California. And whenever you started a new school, you kind of get put back a little. Right. Because uh, they want to see, well, well, you're not my purple belt. <laughs> and so you have to kind of go back. So I trained at, with one academy in Encinitas. For a couple of years and got my um, brown and then I transferred again because I was 
going back to school. So it, it like bumped me back. So it took me about, um, I would say 12 to 13 years. Okay. No, that's still awesome that you, you stuck with it and, uh, and, and achieve that goal. That's great. That's, yeah, that's, that's a long time to build up to that. So, and definitely, uh, for session wrestling too, like, I'm sure like, uh, you know, you get a lot of cred from being, you know, for one being probably bigger and stronger than a lot of people, but also like having the skill to back it up. So. I think it's really important to know what you're doing. If you're going to be choking people, smothering people, or just meeting strangers alone, it behooves, yeah. it behooves everybody who's in the scene to learn how to defend themselves. So it's also um, with the idea of having the experience of someone up close who's actually trying to thrash you and just getting used to that contact of someone in your face should something unforeseen happen. Right. Right. So do you have a favorite uh, session that like, um, you know, people uh, meet up with you for that's kind of like, you know, uh, this is kind of like what I would like to do sort of like more often than not if, if I had my, my druthers about it, if I was the one like setting up what was going to happen. Um, so for me, the most important thing when I play with somebody is it's, it's, it's really kind of irrelevant what we're doing, but I really want to play with people where the power exchange is real and that they're enthusiastic and fun, like happy yeah. people then it doesn't really matter. We could be doing cross-dressing. It could be like a beat down, but I'm, I excel probably at using my body as a weapon and I'm right. really good at role play. So I like combining those things, like turning the tables on somebody. Now, yeah. I, oh, go ahead. Hans. Oh, I, I, I remember you saying it's, it's almost kind of, there's like this energy exchange that takes place. And I've, I've had this experience too, where like, you know, uh, you, you're with, with the, you've kind of like, know you know what each other are kind of like into. And in a way it's kind of like this, like shade of like darkness, like exists around the mats or, or wherever your play space is. And like, you're just like in that moment and you're kind of like connecting on this energy level. And I, I think that's really yeah, awesome. for me, the so, outside world ceases to exist, and I'm hundred. I'm a hundred percent focused yes. on that person. I'm watching them. I'm l- looking at their body language, and in a way, I, I always feel better afterwards. No matter what sort of mood I went to in the play space, once I have that um, that time playing, I find it's like meditation in a way. So that afterwards, you're like, yeah, life is good. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. And that's a very, I, I've never thought about it that way, but I totally understand when I've you know, done sessions and, and, you know, met with dominatrix, it is that it is like a meditative kind of experience. You know, once it's done, you are just kind of like, it's like a feeling of ecstasy really. And just, you know, you just kind of went through this very unique situation, but afterwards it's just this, everything's calm throughout and every, all the stresses and worries you have, you're not really, thinking about in that in that space that's good yeah exactly i'm really into my people and so it's like looking into their eyes sometimes you can feel their heart racing when you put your hand against the chest and it's it's fun and the the bottom line is to have fun 
And Absolutely. so I like to bring that fun yeah. and energy to the session. Yeah, that's that's definitely always the goal. And you, and you say like, you know, looking into someone's eyes and, and stuff like that, like, you know, that it it is kind of like a very kind of personal connection, you know, when, when you're kind of like sharing each other, you know, each other's uh, wants and desires like that. It's very, uh, very kind of like primal, very kind of like, you know, yeah, like you said, the rest of the world fades away and you're just like two beings in that moment. And that's something I enjoy a lot. It's a very intimate connection that, that those people probably don't get in their outside life. And I get to experience people that I wouldn't otherwise too. So it's, it's the great equalizer, I feel. Right. Absolutely. So totally when it comes to the, the doming and wrestling lifestyle, was that something that you kind of saw yourself always curious towards, or did you get into this lifestyle kind of by happenstance? I was not raised to do this as a lifestyle at all. Like I, I come from academia <laughs> and Oh, uh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I raised to be a good girl and uh, I've spent like a lot of time in universities getting degrees and stuff. But um, do you want to know the story of how I got into this whole thing? Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Actually, I I realize that I never have told this story. Like, I've kind of edged around it. But anyway, so there was an article about me in the newspaper. Um, It was basketball related. But I recently uh, cut my long blonde hair off and did, like, an extreme cut. So there was this newspaper article about how I was sort of an oddball in the basketball scene. And someone sent that article to someone in LA, someone who had an Amazon production um, company. And this was in the uh, early nineties. And so he flew me down Mm -hmm. to LA and he, um, we did, he, he just showed me what is possible as far as Amazons and people like we just had a couple of videos like me shooting a basketball and like um, stretched out on a couch, flexing my foot. Like it was a very vanilla entrance into the scene. And he's like, "Um, you know, you should come back. You can be in the movies with me and I'll sponsor you. (laughs) And um, it'll be great. Uh, And I'm, I just have a paternal interest in you. Nothing else. And at the time, I was on a really important hmm. basketball team, and I had a contract to play pro ball overseas. But I thought, I, I, I'm gonna, I could be a star in L.A. I could get in the movies. And L.A. So, does that. So, uh, so I yeah. gave up. I quit this, like, really important team I was on and I quit oh, I? Um, I gave up the contract to play ball overseas and then two days oh, before my. I was to fly down to LA he called me and he was like you know we can't do this unless you fulfill my, oh, my personal God. attraction to you oh wow yeah oh, it's like the God. it's like the me too thing <laughs> Right. My, yeah. my first experience with them yeah. too. So I had quit the team and I didn't have a job in Europe oh, geez. to play for. So I was just absolutely crushed. And I, 
and just I had just graduated from university, but didn't have anywhere where I was going. And so it was a very, very difficult time for me. But luckily, um, he felt bad and kept me afloat for a couple months. And then a friend of mine who was playing in Germany, uh, one of their teammates wasn't playing so well. So she flew me over and I started playing in Heidelberg, Germany. So luckily, um, yeah, luckily it worked out and I could, I went on to play in um, Switzerland and Australia and then went you rebounded, rebounded, so to speak. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I couldn't help it. I so, couldn't help it. But, but interesting. <laughs> I'm a big fan of dad jokes, and I yeah, can't help interestingly myself. Interestingly <laughs> enough, so then when I had quit playing ball, I was still living in Germany, and the same guy called me up and said, "There, the Mori Povich show in New York City needs a, a tall woman for their opposite attraction show." And I thought, uh, oh, interesting. well, you know, I. I could do that. And so I went to New York and I ended up staying. I did the Maury Povich show and uh, <laughs> they wanted you to be a ex- <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So um, <laughs> so it was interesting. So that was my start. So I I ended up staying in New York and just staying in a backpackers hotel without any money basically. So I got into this scene based on necessity actually, mm-hmm. because um, in criminology, and I went around seeing if I could get hired at various criminal justice system places, but nobody was having me. They looked at my resume, and they were like, why would you want to work here? And so I really had to scrounge around until I found uh, the Terrell Institute, and that was owned by Ava Terrell, who was a big dom in the scene, and she took me under her wing. So that was my entrance city bdsm thing actually wow saw that uh, yeah i saw that like a uh, tweet earlier on i'm actually not familiar with her so she she was in new york and and she was like uh kind of like a big name on the yeah, scene yeah so ava was then. a pioneer in bringing bdsm to the mainstream and she had what's called the terrell institute which nice. uh, elevated bdsm from being sort of a seedy thing that you might find in Times Square, you know, to right. um, very experienced, educated uh, people coming here to our, our institute. And it was a good thing. And so she went around educating um, people and went on tours and like did the learning annex courses, things like that to to educate people on why if you are happier with your fantasy life you're happier overall mm, absolutely yeah. mm-hmm. no no that's um i appreciate you telling that story because you really are a i thought that way before but hearing that story like a, a renaissance woman um that's that's really incredible and that you you know i i always it's heartbreaking hearing those those me too stories and 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 i'm um, you know sorry you had to go through that but you know you you really powered through the adversity and really stuck to a, a passion. And that's, that's really inspiring. Yeah. I think you have to be, you have to flow with what life gives you. And that connection with that guy, it ter- took my life one way and then another way. So actually everything happened as it should, because if it hadn't happened like that, I wouldn't be here now. 
So it's right. everything that happened was okay. And it grew. Right. Now, when you were starting off in, in, you know, in the BDSM lifestyle, is there one or a couple of things that like lessons you kind of learned for yourself that you really didn't really see like coming, right? You didn't plan for about how to be better as at being a dominatrix. Um, that's a good question. I think being in the scene, you learn not to be greedy. You mm-hmm. learn to include other people if you can, like with your fellow doms. And I had to learn a couple hard lessons about like you should share. You should be nice to other people. It behooves you to be <laughs> to include other people and not be greedy because then like one hand washes the other. Right. That's very interesting. That's, that's because I do feel that way, you know, not obviously haven't been a dom, but as someone who participates in that, in the BDSM lifestyle as well, it is, you know, so many of the, uh, the, you know, misconceptions are, it's just about sex or one thing, but it really is about that connection and you are being vulnerable and you are sharing, you know, whether it's finances or just your emotions and your truest self. And it is, it is about, you know, not being greedy and really checking your ego at that door. You know, I've met the nicest people in the scene in BDSM. You might not think that. That's what people on the outside tend to demonize us because mm-hmm. they don't understand. To do this sort of stuff, you have to have compassion for people. You have to be non-judgmental. You, you have to hear what someone like you don't know walks through the door. Maybe they look freakishly strange, but you still have to show that person some form of acceptance and love or some form of just accepting who they are. And so I think it helps you grow as a person in ways that people on the outside would not understand. Absolutely. Yeah, I think a lot of us have like stuff that we kind of keep deep down. Um, you know, for society, for whatever reasons. And when we get the chance to release that, that that's a cathartic thing. And to like, get to have that experience with someone who's like, open to that and receptive to that. That's like, it's actually a very therapeutic thing. I feel like I say, I feel like it makes you a, it makes you better people, the more you share that sort of stuff. Definitely, people need to be heard. And accepted. Every, everybody yeah. does. And so you can have your own boundaries and your own limits, what you do or don't do. You don't accept everything. But that, right. that, that onus is on the person accepting the, the playing as to what works for you and what doesn't. Right. Now, was that a big adjustment for you early on? Because coming from the world of, of being an athlete and then coming into this lifestyle – and like you said earlier, having to do, you know, the role plays and the different fantasies, did, was that kind of a hard adjustment at first, getting used to that? Well, actually, no, because when I was a little kid, you know, this woman who lived in the shoe? Yes. Okay. She had so many children, she didn't know what to do. She gave them <laughs> broth without any bread and spanked them all soundly and sent them to bed. So I had secretly <laughs> been into spanking since i was a little kid 
Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, this stuff was residing within me, but I just didn't have a place where I could express it. So I was a pervert to, in, in the best way possible of that word from a young age. And I was always interested in bums. Like there was something. <laughs> it was spanking like the main thing or was it like it's spanking and like other things too? Or was, was spanking kind of like the thing? Cause like, I, I think feel like everyone has like their favorite thing that makes them think like I should explore this. Um, when I was a kid, I was finding tree branches to like swat their bums with. And I was always trying to figure out the reason why they needed to be spanked. So huh. like where other people are playing doctor, I was like, you've been bad. Now, lie, so, over, lie over this log for me. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> so you, you like you, for you is more like giving the spanking rather than taking the spanking because I've, I've met other people who are like, they say like, Oh, like when, like it starts out as pain and then it turns into pleasure. And I was very intrigued by that. I was like, Oh, I, I guess I've never gone down that hole enough to realize it, but like, I could, I guess I could see that. And, uh, and then like someone did it to me. I was like, Oh yeah, I can definitely see that now. But like for you it's more about the giving than the receiving. Yeah. I mean, there, well, first of all, there are many different types of spanking. There can be erotic spankings, which are titillating and soft and have to do with caresses. There's punitive spanking that hurts because it's full on, you know, as hard as you can. And then there are like maintenance <laughs> spanking yeah. where even if somebody hasn't done anything wrong, you're just keeping them in check. And uh, <laughs> as far so it really depends. Like I wouldn't say that punitive spankings are that uh, pleasurable, but some people are masochists. And so those people right. enjoy in ways that I love too and not just in spanking but those sort of people are, are the rare ones where if they can take a really good beating in whatever capacity whether it's a beat down or a flogging or a spanking those are really appealing to me mm. that's fascinating really is. I, I hear a pause <laughs> I, I'm just really I'm just taking it in it's really interesting and I guess you know you've you've been you've talked about it but i think another there's so many misconceptions about the, the bdsm lifestyle from people who aren't in it but a lot of times i think people will say that if you're the the dominant one that they feel like that's the 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 taker but really if you're the dominant one you're more of the nurturer the giver do you find that to be true oh definitely when you're the top you're in control of everything. It can be quite exhausting, right? Because you're pouring all, all your attention yeah. on this person. You're watching their every move. You're zoned into them. Sometimes, uh, like when I would go on tour, I would be just spent by the end of the day because it's so intense. It's, it's tiring in a way that may not be clear, but you have to be just so focused on people that you, yeah, you really in give. The moment. You give a lot. Mm-hmm. yeah you're in total control of like both their experience and your experience and you're both trying to kind of like connect on having this like experience that you're both kind mm-hmm. of gonna remember forever 
So yeah, it's definitely. I, I feel like it's definitely easier to be the uh, the submissive well, or the, sure, the receiver in that, do in what that sense. Like, and what could yeah. be better than to be lavish right. with attention? Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. So what has yeah. kept you? You know, because I know it's a it's a lifestyle. It's a love. It's it's a passion. But a lot of times, I know. But you mentioned that with Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, you kind of have burned out for a little bit. What's what's kept you to kind of maintain and not burn out with you know being the dominant one and being the giver and giving all that energy and attention to your submissives well there definitely have been times where i have burnt out because i think this sort of stuff is hard on the soul it's hard on the soul to be misunderstood by the (laughs) vanilla world and to be judged so that that's pretty i think all of my bad times have come from people not in the scene right people that that you think would be open-minded they're not so i i um yeah i've been very saddened by that and it makes you sort of uh i suppose turn inside a bit and not want to share what you do with people so i find but then again like ava terrell was very helpful in that she told me, don't just make this the one thing that you do. Have other things going on in your life. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. So in case it ever gets like toxic for a little bit, there's yeah, something it's to just, fall it's, back on. And you, know, right. you kind of wait it out. In some ways, it's very one-dimensional because it's it's for the the other person, right? So I'm always like pouring my energy into the other person. Well, what about me right right so it's, it seems like i should yeah. be getting all well people think you're a goddess and this and that but actually i'm pouring all of my attention into them it's not really about my fantasies right so so i think it's really been good for me to go back to school get my masters have other things going on so i'm not just trying to fulfill like men's fantasies was the only thing I do in my life, but to make something more of myself as well. Right. So it's that, that self care really is, is so important, you know, the kind of, and focus, you know, like you said, focusing on yourself and really, you know, looking at other interests and passions you have too. Cause I, uh, it's a conversation I have with a lot of people and I have a four year old niece so she's, you know, getting ready to get into different things. And, you know, when I was younger, you played all the sports, you know, if you wanted to. And now it's like they're you're specialized. If you play football, then that's all you do. Or basketball, that's all you do. And a, right. lot, of pe- a lot of studies are showing how that kind of hurts young men and young women because right. they're not being versatile and they're not getting exposure to how to be a better teammate or to develop other interests and other hobbies and passions and stuff like that. So. It is. I, I really do see that and, and totally agree with that. I think the. It's like all your emotional legs. Right. In basket. And to be an interesting person and to be able to relate to a lot of different people, I, it really is good to have lived a life with diverse interests so you can be more cosmopolitan and have things to talk about, like living abroad, like university. And so you're not just fulfilling like i said fulfilling men but you have there's a reason why people should be interested in you and that's because 
maybe you've done things in your life too. So I think travel is really important. Right. And just, travel really expands yeah. you, I feel like, for sure. Now, uh, when Hans and I first did the first episode of this show, we, we kind of gave our experiences about, you know, not really feeling growing up that we could connect about, you know, our sexual fantasies and the fetishes that we're into and how liberating it is that, you know, we are comfortable enough to do that and to meet people and connect with other people in this community. Um, I, it may be a loaded question, but just wondering, what are some things you think that as society we can do to kind of really not make this conversation so taboo and make people kind of stop being sexually you know stunted and not growing yeah you know you'd think with the amount of porn online that i mean there seems to be quite a lot of it right 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 who are who are these girls doing this that there must be a lot of girls out there doing that stuff so therefore like as the consumer how could you judge right right it's in a way it shows the great thing about the internet is is it shows so many different sorts of fetishes that you realize that you're not alone but on the other on the other Definitely. hand it's still a sort of secret thing like i'm always surprised when people are so shocked but what I do, because <laughs> now it's just old hat, right? And it's not, it's not shocking to me, but we live in a society that at one, in one way celebrates sexuality, but condemns it. So the, it's a broader, it's called the ideological hegemony, right? Of a society, like what our, what our values are based on. And so it's going to take a lot before people don't judge others do you feel like um do you feel like that's changing though generationally do you feel like now that um like people growing up today with the internet and with kind of like all this stuff out there now already like i remember like i grew up and it you know wasn't until high school until i found like the first site where i found out i was like oh i'm not alone i'm not weird for life it's changing a lot like um look at how gay marriage is now a possibility and yep. there's very trans positive movement going on. When I, for a couple of years when I played ball, I identified as gay and people were just scandalized by that. So it was still like huh. really tough back then, but now I don't, I feel like people don't care. Like they don't care if someone's gay. Right. At least I don't care at all if someone's with someone that's trans. Like, it's not shocking to me. And I think more and more the kids growing up these days probably feel that way as well. Wouldn't you? I agree. Yeah, I, I think agree. so. I think it's, it's, a, sure. it's a great thing to, to see these, you know, movements happening and to really, because I think that's what we all look for is we all look for that genuine connection. And, you know, the opposite of that is just trying to fit in. And I, I always say I, I, I hate the word normal, and I, th- I think normal's boring. I, I like diversity in different people and different cultures. It, it just makes life better, and I feel like we all we grow when we learn from other people's experience. In Australia, normal is sort of a it's a put down of somebody. Ah, oh, he's normal. You know. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, it's so interesting. <laughs> I just had a friend who moved to Australia. I wonder if he thinks I'm normal. <laughs> I hope not. So I, I wanted so. to ask you, I guess it's a two-parter. Um, what's, it could be however many you, you know, you feel to help you answer it, but what's a characteristic, if someone was saying a male or female that they want to be a dom, what's like a, a personality characteristic you look for? In a for a dominant, and what's the same for a really good submissive? Well, first, I would question this person as to why they think they would want to be a dom, and I would also be very honest about the just not just the good stuff, but the bad things involved with being a dom, too. So, I would really educate that person on all aspects of this life because it, it's a hard life in some ways and um, like I said before it can be tough on the soul and there are lots of repercussions to being in the scene that you might not be aware of but that being said it's been very good to me and so what characteristics there are a lot of people in the industry now and so to really stick out you have to either be physically like different in some way or be really good at something. Mm -hmm. So whether that's like ropes or like, what is your niche going to be? Right. For, for me, mm -hmm. I'm always going to be super tall for a woman and I'm good at wrestling. So I have, but I also do BDSM. So I have things, I've got a solid background, but if someone's getting into this, like figure out like, what are your skills? And are you naturally assertive? You have to be naturally dominant because people see through someone who's just there for the quick ride. Trying yeah, to be that way. So really, you yeah. have to really feel it. You have to really be a kingster to begin with and not just like, hey, I can call myself a dom and go on Twitter and here I'm a dom. But, but are, are you though? Right. No, you're not. <laughs> 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 that's interesting and, and for you what's what's a characteristic of like the really like you said like you really take care of your people those really awesome submissives that you you've met or that you know you you see regularly what are some good characteristics for people who are maybe trying as a submissive to kind of get into who haven't gotten into the bdsm lifestyle i think it takes men a while before they can be really forthright in what they like. And for young men especially, they can be quite shy. So I think it really is a good skill to have to be able to describe what you're into. And that can sometimes be hard, and it can be hard to figure it out yourself. But the more you can articulate your kink, the better for you. Mm. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Yeah, communication sure. is um, up to the submissive. You can't just place yourself in someone else's hands, right? You have to, right, you, just, right. just as I vet my submissives, the submissive better vet me and right. know who they're yeah. dealing with. They, they really need to do their homework on people too before they place themselves. And that, you know. Yeah, and that way is, it's a two-way street. Like you're, you know, you're putting each other's trust and experience, but you have to 
both communicate what that what you're expecting yeah, on the other end. It's all about managing so, expectations. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. So is that kind of been because I know um, Hans and I kind of talked about our our first you know times meeting up with like session wrestlers how like excited we were but very nervous so is that kind of like a because you always hear the stories about it's it's really hard when you deal with like that asshole guy but is that Mm -hmm. kind of like a a tough hurdle to overcome that really shy even if he communicates but he's kind of like just really shy personality wise i love shy guys i love them i i love i am very good Love to crack them open. <laughs> I am very good. I do have a couple really good skills, but one of them that I can, I don't usually toot my own horn, but I'm very good at making people feel comfortable. Awesome. Yeah. That is awesome. That's super cool. No, I, I will toot your horn for you. You are, <laughs> you are awesome. You know, uh, someone who's so great for the lifestyle and you've just been an awesome guest and, and, I, you know, don't want to put words in Hans's mouth, but I know he feels the same way. We just, uh, Oh, absolutely. I've, I've been wanting to kind of like meet you and like talk to, I've been so curious about you for ages and for whatever reason, it just didn't work out as far as like getting to come and see you. But, uh, you're, you're as interesting as I thought oh, you would be. Thank so you. It was, you, it was really you nice. Lived up and thank more. Thank you so much. So. I really enjoyed this, this <laughs> talk. No, and I and I, I have to give yeah. credit to I told this to Jennifer when she came on the podcast because I'd always you know seen you and been a fan. I was like, man, like I, I'll I'll be honest, I can I'm comfortable in my own skin. I was like intimidated. I was like, man, she's she's a tough, which I know you are, you know, but I'm like, she's gonna be tough. And then I saw you and Jennifer do that session girls interview, and I was hooked on just how interesting and fascinating and like you know relatable of a person you are. And that, that made me really just want to talk to you and get to know you and speak to you. So I, I really appreciate it. So thank you. And how into it too. Like you're like genuinely into this yeah, and that's, that's saying a lot. So yeah, for sure. Cool. And Jennifer is a doll too. Shout out to Jennifer. She's absolutely, lovely. absolutely. No, <laughs> she, she has her session girls live her second annual event coming up this, this week. Yeah. This Saturday. Weekend, so that's, I got serious FOMO on that. <laughs> I was supposed to go out and because of COVID, I'm not really traveling and uh, I'm going to miss that, but I uh, definitely wish her the best on that. And, you know, uh, hope, hope she keeps doing them every year and I will definitely be back next year for sure. <laughs> so, good stuff. Thank you so much for joining us. And really, uh, I mean it just thank you for, I can speak, I know for a lot of other people, but for myself, the, the confidence that you show in being, you know, your true self has really helped inspire me and I know other people. So just thank you for what you do and, and for being you. Oh, I really appreciate that. Thank you so much. No, definitely. Definitely. And look forward <laughs> to it. Hopefully you'll come on again soon. Will do. All right. Thank you so much, guys. Thanks, guys. Samara. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thanks. Bye-bye. Man, Hans, that was, uh, that was awesome. That was really awesome. I, I was, like I said, I was always so curious about her, like, you know, her aura online is always kind of like, so, well, you know, six foot five, like tall, right. dominant. It's like, Oh, like she's intimidating. Like, how could I talk But she's really like, you know, s- sweet and down to earth and like very, in- you know, obviously very intelligent and cerebral and, uh, 
such a cool person. So it was really a fun experience. Get to. Yeah, you know. I was, I was serious when, cause I, you know, I saw that interview she had done with Jennifer and I was like, wow, she's fascinating. And I'm like, she's honestly became after that interview, like a bucket list. Like I want to have a session with her, you know? Oh, absolutely. Me right? too. You know? <laughs> I, I watched that same interview. I was like, oh, let me, I, I know this interview exists. Let me, let me watch this just to kind of see how, how she is like, you know, except for like, you know, behind peeling back the layers of social media. Exactly. Just being like, if you're in the room with her, what she was she really like? And, she's and I, really cool. yeah, so I took so. a chance on, I was like, let me just email. And, you know, honestly, I was like a response because sometimes, you know, we're, especially we're, we're a newer podcast and we have a great following so far. I'm proud. I know you are too, but we're newer. I see it's been yeah. doing well. So it's yeah. like, uh, not sure who's going to get back to you. So when I saw that she did reply back, I was like, awesome. And then that she was intrigued oh, yeah. to do it. I was like, oh, this is great because um, she, she, you know, we've, Jen's a legend in the industry and Jen Thomas is, and I think Goddess of yeah. is right up there too. That's, that's a, that's a get I wouldn't have thought of. You know, I, I wouldn't have, ah, it's like, ah, she might be too busy. I don't know. Like, yeah. you know, I, I wouldn't have thought of, to try so i'm I'm glad you tried and um yeah and she's she's amazing and i definitely hope she'll be back and uh maybe like you know like her and someone else at the same time maybe like we have two people on at once and you know talk about different things absolutely and no I, so. I you know we talked about it with uh lisa from tempest wrestling um yeah she definitely wants to come back on yeah. by the way she's like she's into no, it I, <laughs> so. I want because you know I think right now we're kind of going through the how we're explaining, but one thing I've told like friends of mine is when, you know, sometimes I, I can be guilty of, you know, I'll do an hour or an hour and a half session and it'll be like 20 to 30 minutes of, of the, the session. And then the rest is just a conversation because the stories oh, are yeah. so fascinating and, and, and it's not them. It's not like they're like, wait, it's me just being like, what about this? And what about that? No, you want to like hear their opinions yeah. on things and like you want to like get to know the person behind like because social media, like you really don't get to know somebody well. It's like that's that's what they're putting out there. It's kind of like their brand that they're putting right. out there. And and, and my, myself included, like I I think a lot before I tweet yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I delete a lot of my tweets as a result. Same here. If I've been especially if I've been drinking. <laughs> but <laughs> but you really don't get to know the person like until you're face to face with them or until there's like those voice going back and forth stuff that you can't delete. Right. <laughs> yeah, so. Right. Yeah. Um, and so. No, so I, I love, I know Lisa was, she kind of teased us with the stories she has. And I, I'm, I bet all these people from, you know, Jen Thomas to goddess Severa to the future guests we're going to have too. They have um, yourself included too, you know, um, and myself, we have, nowhere near the level of you guys but different stories just that you, you you've oh, yeah. experienced or heard or seen it's 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 fascinating i can tell you from experience when i when i get together with people and we we shoot videos and and we or we do sessions or or whatever like 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 you said like half the time is spent talking about like um the stories that you've had that's um in a story of park right now i'm watching some guy peeing well Not, that's, there you that's go happened. i mean you, <laughs> that's a story you right there. Said, new york you know? <laughs> in new york yep it came true like she's uh, clairvoyant yes. that way but it is like a lot of like you spend a lot of time telling the stories of like good and bad or good bad and like just unexpected like stuff is like 
I didn't expect this to be so good, but then it was, and it was so funny because of this. And you know, it's uh, it's it's a rich it's a rich life, and and it's almost kind of a shame that it's a life that you don't really feel right to talk about, you know, around a family dinner table or or whatever it is for you. You know, like it's almost kind of a shame that this isn't shared more because I think that would be good for the world. To be no, honest with you, I, I so. think that's why we're doing this show because. You've you've heard Jennifer talk. You've heard Goddess Savera, like you said, so cerebral. It, it, you know, an athlete, really intelligent, really about being inclusive and understanding and the psychology of it. You know, it's not just. Yeah. And a real person has gone through her her, her own struggles too. By the absolutely. way, a person who was like, you know, uh, being tall wasn't always a good thing for her. So because yeah, you know. and I cause I, I want to ask you because I think it's. For me, it's like the coolest thing, and it's—I I look at it this way. To me, as long as I'm not hurting myself or anyone else, and I—and that's for everybody. Like, why? Like, why care? Just be cool. Like, be glad. Like, but it's like—it's it, been cool to have like to do like an oil wrestling match for like an hour and a half, and then you know you, we get changed, and then we we walk the city and go to a diner. And, and have a meal together like it's it's like it's just really cool like who else can kind of say that like it's so liberating to really just like experience this interest that you have together and then like just you know be normal people walking the street i remember when um i remember when i first met doom maidens we you know at a wrestling event i met them at a femwin wrestling event and one of the things I remember is we all went out to dinner after. And I remember sitting around the table, you know, with these people who prior to that day, I'd only seen on the Internet, but I knew who they were. And just being like enthralled and just being like so thrilled at the fact that I'm sitting around the table with these people who who I follow on, who I admire, you know, for doing the stuff that they do because I'm into it and just like being happy to be here. So and that was kind of like my first foyer into kind of like you know the two lives sort of meshing together no so. um and it's tr- it's funny um i guess i'll tell a quick story <laughs> i remember it was about two years ago and uh amazon annie had come into philly and she was one i love amazon oh, annie she's, she's so awesome <laughs> so awesome and we you know we we did our one of our <laughs> many uh oil wrestling sessions and then we had talked before about going out and getting something to eat. And so we're, you know, down in the center city, downtown Philadelphia, and we're, like, walking around, like, looking for a spot. We didn't want to go to a spot yep. too fancy. So we kind of walked to the back of this place, like, well, let's go back here. And we go to the back, and it's, like, this real fancy steakhouse. And we were, oh, wow. we walked back there, and people kind of, like, you could tell it's like, these business guys. And we were, like, uh, nah. And we went up finding a diner. So fast forward a few months, I'm best man in a wedding. And I'm planning, you know, bachelor weekend and the group yep. wants to do go to a steakhouse there you and go. have his, everyone <laughs> there. And um, a double experience exactly, for you there. Everything, everything was like booked besides. And I remember the one that Annie and I walked to. So they <laughs> we had like 15 people. So they could, you know, this is like the like three or four days before. So I'll bet they were like, how did you find a steakhouse? You just says like, ah, I just looked it up. Well, <laughs> they, the restaurant didn't. They stayed in this, but other yeah. people, because they never, it wasn't a name that they had heard of. Yeah. So, you know, and there, everyone else there is very, you know, that vanilla world. And I told, I 
at that point was very comfortable in doing this. I told him, Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Like, Hey, me had a great session. We walked around. I saw this place and I'm like, that's, and I, I made it as a point to be like, that's what this is like. It's not, it's not like, Oh, let's, you know, something to be ashamed of. It's people connecting. And absolutely. You know, I, I used to always at first say like, that's fantasy. Like that's not real life. The real life is the nine to five. And then, yeah. you know, I, I threw therapy and just my therapist challenged me. She's like, why do you say that? And I'm like, well, because I'm not going to be that guy who's like, oh, you know, the waitress smiled at me. She likes me or something or all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. But it's like, she's like, are you sure about that? And we started talking and I'm like, no, you're right. Yeah. That's the realest I am. That's the realest I am is in that world. And the nine to five sludgery is not always the realest me. Yeah, for sure. Like it's you you are kind of uh programmed to act and react a certain way like as you go through your day-to-day life just like go to the office do your work come home and you know have a microwave dinner and and go to sleep but um there's so much more to life than that and i think you know this stuff like the stuff that's kind of like ingrained in my soul is just sort of like my inner animal trying to get out like i always think about like uh I always think about like we're animals in the jungle, you know, yeah. just like, yeah. I, I, I think that, and I think we suppress that too much. And I think we don't like, we don't feed that animal enough. And, um, I think wrestling is a primal sort of thing. Like there's a whole primal category in fat life and stuff like that. I totally get it. It's just like, I don't want to be this like dressed up fucking like stuff suit and stuff like that. Oh, I just dropped the F on whatever. No, and, cool. uh, and, uh, <laughs> You know, like, I, I just want to be, like, I just want to be a being on this planet who's, like, out for food and for, for fun and for connection and for, like, interacting with other animals and feeling part of the, part of the tribe, so to speak. So Yeah, yeah exactly. So. Um, and, and, and I couldn't, you said it perfectly. I think that's the problem with so many of the distractions. We, we were missing what the core things that make us who we are and that we need to live a you know, to really live life and not exist. Um, I, I want to see what you thought of this. Cause I, I'd love to ask either goddess of air the next time or someone else, but I, I've been really, especially the past couple of years with like looking at my job and really into like what, you know, the true definition of what like leadership really is. And if you're, you know, a boss or a coach or you own a company or whatever the case may be. And, how a lot of times the perception of leadership, like, you know, really it's like, I'm the boss, I'm in charge, you do what I say. And, and I mean, I guess it's that, yeah, you, you make the decisions. And, and in some cases, tr- yeah, it's true. But I found it interesting hearing Goddess Severa talk about being a dom and how you're really a giver to your submissives. And then later on when I asked her about, like, what's a characteristic, and she talked about being assertive. And I wonder what you think. For me, that's a thing that I see that is missing that we don't teach really when we're trying to teach people to be leaders is if you're a leader, that means that you're really giving of yourself to the people who are following you. Yeah, I think it's two I think it's two sides of the coin because I I don't think you can do one without the other. So you need assertiveness. You need to the courage to stand up there and say, Hey, this is the right course of action and, and this is what should be done. But you also need empathy. Right. And without empathy, the assertiveness is, is not informed. 
So I think I think you need both of those things, because if you don't understand the people that you're leaving, if you don't have have empathy and you can't tune into how they think, then you're just going to be someone telling them what to do. No, I I, I agree. (laughs) I agree. (laughs) That's a train. That's a train. I I think that's so true. (laughs) It's so true. Yeah. Um, uh, And I think I think people who engage in you know, in this world, get a healthy dose of both. If, you, if you're doing it, hopefully doing it right, you know, you learn to empathize with people and then you learn to kind of like find your voice and be assertive as well. So. Right, right. Um, and I say that definitely if someone who's in the, uh, from social work world to the, you know, the, the counseling therapist world is that dealing with the patients, it's that, it's that you have that empathy, but you have those, boundaries and you have to be assertive and i'm in trying to teach yes. them that that boundary too that's a balance for sure yes. because everyone that i do like a video with that's kind of like on on the sexy side like you have to connect empath- empathetically but we also tell each other like okay what's the boundaries like what what are we not allowed to do let let's let's have that conversation and that's a good a good thing to do because then you you know each other better then you know that you're going to interact and not hurt each other in some way Right. And I, you know, not to make it, but, you know, we're being honest. I think people are always afraid when we see, you know, the conversation when it comes to race, when it comes to gender, when it comes to sex. Yep. We're so, people are a lot of times so afraid to ask the question. And really, it's like what you said. If someone, for me as as a black man, if someone, not just when it's in the news and it's the hot topic, but genuinely wants to understand well what it's like for me as a black right. man in our society i appreciate i want you to you know at, don't ask it respectfully but i want you to ask that because that i appreciate it that you want to get to know and understand it's time to have those uncomfortable conversations because it it is uncomfortable to like look back and, and realize that like hey like everything's not okay and mm-hmm. i really kind of appreciate appreciate um you know as 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 a white guy I really appreciate Pete Carroll stepping up because he has that empathy of like interacting with his players all that time and gave a really great speech about, you know, about basically right now it's like a problem with white people that they don't see it and they need to see it and they need to, they need to talk and they need to start understanding. So I liked, I I liked that when I saw it because like I was kind of feeling the same way, but I didn't know how to talk about it. So no, um, I, I, I had retweeted that on my personal page. I, I, I'll probably retweet it on our page because it's, Do it. it's, it's, it's important and it's important for us to, you know, to, to remember that and to do that and to think about what other people are going through. You know, that's why I liked, uh, in the conversation we had with Lisa from Tempest Wrestling, there's a reason I, I asked her about, you know, when she's had line clientele, because, we, we need to think about that. You know, people who have a disability, they're into sex and kink and fetish. And are we making it accessible for them as well? Yeah, we're we're all animals on this planet. You know, like mm-hmm. we are we are all, you know, we have that in common. So, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so it's uh, yeah, it's about finding it's about finding all those connections and and being empathetic and then also like when you find that empathy and you find that there's like a community behind you, finding that voice to also be assertive, which is something I, I have a problem with that. 
I, I, a problem with that, not like morally or something like mm-hmm. I, I don't practice that enough and I wish I did, but like, I, I'm very good at being empathetic. I'm not very good at being assertive. Um, certainly not on Twitter better when I'm talking on a recording that I can't delete later. <laughs> so that's, so there no, you go. <laughs> I, I, um, one of the other many ways we, we connect cause I, yeah, the empathy for me and not that, you know, it's not, I tell people just because something's natural to you, doesn't mean that you don't have to work on it still because right. just if it, you may lose that skill, if you don't keep practicing it, got to practice. So like, you know, I, but that does come more natural than and it's a balance. Like you said earlier, cause it's like you come into your mindset, you know, go into a situation wanting to be assertive, but then you like, you want to be a team player. You don't want to overstep and you might be the new guy or you're the different guy or, yeah. you know, and then after a while you're it's like, hard oh. to be all those things at once. Right. So. And you, you say, okay, too much. And then you said, it's always seemed like it always happens to me, Hans. I'm just like, whoa, Hey, is someone taking advantage of me? Like, I'm, yeah. you know, and it's like, boy, and it's like, I try not to be there, but then you're like, all right, well be, be a team player. And then it's like, you know, I've been here for a few months now. I haven't even heard a thank you or I haven't even, right, right. you know, how come I'm the only one here doing all, you know, then it's like, <laughs> here we go again. And then like, you start being assertive. Sometimes I had to watch it because it builds up and then you go from assertive to maybe you're bordering aggressive. You yeah. Know? Assertive to aggressive. Like some, sometimes you react and, and like you realize later, it's like, I shouldn't have reacted that way. Yeah. But, yeah. So. But. So this was this was great. I, I like that we're getting I like that we're getting deep into people's souls as they like come through this podcast. And this is very meta right now. You're you're hearing the uh, the business meeting behind the scenes. But like I like I like the way this is going, where people come on and we we really try to like get to know them on another level. So no, I I love it because I mean I, I like going. I mean I love you know hearing a crazy story or a bizarre. But like I really want people to see you know. I don't know how many will see this or, but you know, it doesn't matter. We're, we're trying, you know, to show like whether it's us or these women who are involved in it, or, you know, some guy who's a big fan and really loves it. Like we're normal people and we have our stories and our backgrounds. And this isn't something that needs to be demonized or hush hush. Yeah. It's, it's, it's nothing like that. And I, I love hearing whether it's your story or, or, you know, a Jen Thomas or a goddess Severa, let's let's talk about it. or Lisa from Tempest Wrestling, that we're people who just want to connect and, and and have that real raw emotion. Yeah. And like uh, Severa said, like we, we all got like we're real people in the sense that we all got other things, too. Like I, I retweeted at least two tweets of uh, of of girls who are, you know, around or in the scene that uh, are gamers. And I'm a huge gamer. And like, I was like, oh, this is so cool. I thought I, I thought I liked you as much as I could like you already. And you're a gamer. So <laughs> we have that. Connection. So I retreated Daisy Ducati, who had this really cool photo of how her nails matched her Xbox controller. Oh, like, check awesome. that out. Like, it's, it's, it's pretty cool. And then Lady Oyanka, um, you know, talking about playing uh, God of War. She hasn't played the latest. Neither. I haven't played the latest one yet either. But like, we're, we both have that in common where. Yeah, we're into like res- wrestling, fetish, and kink, but we also like video games. So no, yeah. and um, yeah, definitely Lady Okanka I want to have on, but Daisy Ducati, I'm a Oyanka. Big fan. Oyanka, yeah. thank you. Yeah, and Daisy Ducati I want to have because I see her on Evolve fights and 
Stacy's awesome. Yeah, yeah. and that's what even I didn't know she was a gamer. That makes her even. I didn't know she was a gamer cool. either until like uh, it was either early this morning or late last night that I retweeted that. So um, I want to know what she's playing. Awesome, <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So hopefully she comes on the show. And we we can ask her. Yeah, sounds good to me. But Hans, this was uh, this was awesome, and and we we have we're gonna have a lot of interviews coming up this week. To, I heard, I saw, so, so I'm I'm looking forward to all of them. So. Yeah, so we you know we'll be dropping this probably Monday night to Tuesday morning, and then interviews throughout the week. And and, and so don't worry, we're not short of content anytime soon no. for for you guys who are listening in, and. Uh, Please rate and review on Apple Podcasts uh, after our sessions. Give a you know rating. Much review. appreciated. Yes, yes, absolutely. And for those already following Twitter, thank you. And and please write us you know at, at after sessions on Twitter. And anything that you want us to, any suggestions, any constructive criticism, no trolling, but anything <laughs> like that. Um, please write us because we you know we we do this because we love it, but we also love to connect with other people who love doing this too. So uh, we thank you for the support we've, we've gotten. It's been unbelievably humbling and want to keep it going. Keep it going. Here we go. Absolutely. For the one and only Hans Vanderkill, I'm D rock. Thank you for listening to after hour sessions. Take care.